Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey everybody, it's Lloyd Spence, and guess what? It's that time of year, my favorite time of year, March Madness. And Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Look, the NBA is also in full swing. College basketball is heating up as the schools make their way to the madness. Listen, the tournament is coming, and so is the $100,000 Bracket Madness Contest, as Bet Online is the spot to be for all your bracketology needs. Look, Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today. And guess what? You can receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So go to betonline.ag. Bet online. Bet online. Your online sports book experts. Tell them the noisemaker sent you. What up, y'all? It's your boy, Mr. Noise, and I'm trying to tell y'all what's going on with our newest sponsor, eBay. Now, whether rare dead stock or the latest release, find the exact shoe you're looking for. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to top the pair you've been eyeing. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. A team of experienced sneaker authenticators verifies the box, logo stitching, and a dozen of other inspection points. And each sneaker also receives an authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity. And it also protects sellers with a verified return process. And for sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers $100 plus, making it free to sell or flip your collection. You can't beat that. So go to ebay.com slash sneakers today. That's ebay.com slash sneakers today. It's eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. Tell them the noisemakers sent you. Hey everybody, it's your boy Lloyd Spence and I have decided something. I'm going to dominate 2021. As soon as 2020 ended, I took a good look in the rearview mirror and said, man, you. 2021 for me is all about self-care and self-love, which means I'm focusing on being happy and feeling relaxed. Mental clarity is the first step to my better life, which is why I've been taking down Sunday scary CBD gummy bears like candy. When my mind starts racing or I need to decompress, I simply pop two gummies and in 20 minutes, I'm in max relax mode. Listen, I had the opportunity to take these and I am thrilled. They are really the perfect thing to just kind of take and pop in at the end of your day and kind of settle you down and get you right where you need to be. And there's no risk to buy. The company offers a 100% lifetime money back guarantee. And if the product's not for you, that's okay. You get your money back. Sunday Scaries is in the stress relieving business, not the stress causing business. So I got you a 25% off to prove it. Visit sundayscaries.com and use my promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for your discount. That's promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for 25% off at sundayscaries.com. They're amazing and you won't regret joining their squad. You are now listening to Believe in the ACC with my husband, Mr. Talking Noise, Lloyd Spence, and our brother, Heisman Trophy and Florida State legend, Charlie Ward. (laughs) 
And now, Lloyd and Charlie. Go get them, fellas. Really is a brotherhood. So we got like several brothers in this thing. It's not just like Charlie. It's like Charlie and Kendrick Haskins and, you know, it's just a big old family. We're all going to camp out in that audio media room that Charlie's in. (laughs) (laughs) Cook s'mores or something. I don't know. What's up, guys? Y'all doing all right? Uh, Yes. Good, man. Waiting to eat popcorn over at Charlie's house. I know. (laughs) If you're watching us by Facebook or YouTube right now, you see this beautiful media room that Charlie's in that we're all going to go hang out in at some point. Um, And uh, I don't know. What's the first thing on the screen is what I want to know. There is a popcorn maker in their room. (laughs) Ah. But I'm contractually obligated to only eat popcorn world. So, you know, I just have to bring some with me or something. We just just take a bag and dump it in the popcorn maker. (laughs) Say, or just just order some tins and just dump it in there and act like it's popular or something. Um, well, guys, listen. I mean, the stage is set. We 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 don't have to wonder who's in the final four anymore. Uh, it it is clear uh, on both sides. On the men's side, we have a, a clear picture of where what is going on, and also on the women's side, we have a very clear picture of what's going on. So. We will jump into that, but before we jump into the what is going to happen, we should probably talk about what did happen. And uh, I don't know about you, I thought as a whole the Elite Eight was somewhat anticlimactic. Like it wasn't like it were really no shockers. It was just like okay, yeah, that's about what you thought was going to happen uh, until the last game of the night, of course. <laughs> Then that one was extremely shocking. But um, we can run through it real quick. Um, For those who decided, "Ah, I'll wait this out or my team's out and I don't want to watch it. Um, It was a good – it was a great two games, I thought, Uh, uh, or four games. Is it two games or four games? Four games. Yeah. Uh, So we watched uh, on Monday – was that Monday? I'm so confused by my days right now. It's just like it's just weird that the tournament's been played yeah, on Monday. Yeah, it's throwing me off. It's throwing <laughs> me completely off. Okay, we so live on Monday on the show. Right, Monday we watched the games live. That's exactly right. <laughs> That's exactly right. So we watched Arkansas and Baylor go at it, and Baylor punched their ticket in an 81-72 win, and Houston punched their ticket in a 67. 61 win. And then last night, um, we watched uh, Michigan punch their ticket. No. I'm sorry, not Michigan. UCLA punched their ticket over Michigan. And we watched uh, Gonzaga, who probably had their ticket punched before the tournament even started, uh, <laughs> uh, go ahead and finish off the uh, um, their uh, Elite Eight win. So, most impressive thing that you saw in those four men's games. We'll get to the women's side here in a minute. But on the men's side, what was the most impressive thing that you uh, you saw? 
I missed the Gonzaga game. I only saw the score. You missed nothing. All right, you didn't miss anything. If you watch the other two games, you saw what they did. They pretty much did the exact same thing. So they're, they're, <laughs> they're at a high level. Yeah. Um, I still think they're they're a very good team. Um, they've definitely dominated their competition. Um, it'd be interesting to see how they play in a tight game. That's well. The question is, are they going to get a tight game? Like, I don't know if they're going to get a tight game until maybe the championship game. Maybe at some point, at some point they will uh, get a tight game. Okay. Uh, UCLA's. I mean, they caught far. Um, yeah. I mean, and they they were the first four in game play in game, and now they're heading to the final four. Uh, and that's um. I mean that 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 happens, you know. Like I, I think we talked about it, you know. That's happened. Teams have played in the first round of um, you know playoffs in football uh, in the NFL, and then they end up making it to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, and you normally have one of those teams, not every year, but uh, on occasion, make that run. And so this year is UCLA. I mean, they've been playing really good basketball. Great team, a complimentary basketball. I'm a man, Juzang. Is that yeah, Johnny Juzang? Yeah, Juzang. Yeah, you know, it's definitely been carrying them uh, from an offensive standpoint. Uh, But they, he's, I mean, it's not just him. Um, It's 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 the entire team in some form or fashion finding a way to uh, put points together. But the key for me is their defense. Uh, I mean, they play really, really solid defense. Uh, Coach Cronin uh, is, you know, I mean, he's, he's done a great job. And the guys are bought in. And it's always fun when you can have teams, uh, players that are committed to the, to the system and go out and perform at a high level. And, and then you see the success now of, uh, of the jubilation of being able to go to the final four when everyone has uh, been committed, you know, 100% to the, to the process. Yeah. Do you, do you guys think, uh, and can you jump in right here? Um, do you think UCLA has the components? Well, I guess I'm getting ahead of myself on that, but I'll talk about what they did. D- Juzang was supposed to be here's the irony for you. Juzang was supposed to be at Kentucky. That was the initial or original thing. It started. That's yeah. where it started. Uh, what did what is it about this young man that makes him so special in your eyes? Like he's he's I think he's ridiculously talented, and I'm I'm wondering how Kentucky let that one slip through their hands. Because he's he's fearless, man. But I, I, honestly, he didn't show that as much at Kentucky, but some of it was he didn't get as much playing time. Um, he was behind Emmanuel Quickly on that team. And you see what Emmanuel Quickly is doing for Charlie's Knicks. Um, he's, the thing about him that impresses me is he came in with the reputu- reputation of just being a shooter, but he's much more than that. He can get to the basket. He, he can score from all three positions as far as, you know, from distance, from mid-range and getting to the rim. And so he's a he thing about him. He's really improved his game from his freshman to sophomore year because 
And again, again, we didn't see him that much when he was at Kentucky. He didn't get that much playing time, so we don't know how much he improved. But you can definitely tell there's been some improvement there. And also, to be honest with you, it looks like he grew a little bit. I think he, I think he may have uh, grew another inch or two when he went back home. The reason he's – his reasoning for leaving Kentucky is he was homesick. He's an L.A. kid. So supposedly he was homesick, and that's why he left. That's probably but, but and so like I have this all of a sudden have this soft spot for UCLA because of Johnny Juze because he he was a nice kid when he was here I mean, he was nice yes sir no sir type of guy and then of course with with Cronin you know he was on Patino staff at one point at Louisville and so right. and he and he coached at my alma mater Murray State at one point and so yeah. I got all of a sudden I have this soft spot for UCLA but Gonzaga man just watching the way they execute. On offense, I mean, it, I mean, it's, I mean, it's beautiful basketball. It's the way basketball is supposed to be played. This guy's cutting. They're unselfish. They find the open man. There's no, there's, you don't see selfish play. You don't. It's rare that you see them just come up. Somebody just cross half court and shoot up a yolo. Yeah. I mean, they they execute on the offensive end. It's fun to watch. But I, but I, I'll make a correction, Charlie, and an apology. I said you didn't miss anything, but that's, that is not true. What you did miss in the Gonzaga game is. They started the game with three amazing defensive plays. Mm-hmm. I think it was like three or three, maybe even four, maybe even four. Still back. Yeah, to they back. had like four turnovers early. Back to back. And it was just like, my, so y'all going to bring that to the table as well? So de- so offensive efficiency and understanding your defensive and your hand in the passing lane. And I, they just, they do the things that, it, they got to be a coach's dream. Like this is what coaches are. Coaches are across America right now are watching that and going, "Oh, I've got my video to show all year long to my high school team or my my college team." Because this is what you want. You want a team this disciplined all the time. I think part of that too, and, I, and Charlie, I like to hear what you guys say. It's when you're recruiting, you're recruiting kids that fit your system, not necessarily just recruiting the best kids, but kids that fit into what you want, personality-wise and game-wise. And even that takes great discipline. Yeah. I I, I mean, I've, I've said it uh, time and time again, and I'm still trying to figure it out as a coach. You know, <clears throat> having the right fit chemistry-wise plays a big part. Um, I mean, when you start talking about talent, overall talent, um, that can only get you so far. And when you don't have um, everyone or guys who should be doing something else, thinking they should be doing what others are doing, you're going to have a – when you have guys who understand their roles – um, and, and the reason I, I said that's um, a girl, um, Mikasa Robinson. Um, I watched her last night play, and she didn't go outside of her role from an offensive standpoint. Uh, they didn't win the game, but just the way she played the game um, just, just goes to show you that when the ball got to her and they were sagging off of her, she didn't go and try to go one-on-one and – shoot the ball. She shot the ball when when the ball was being dribbled, dribbled into the paint, and, you know, she was open. Those are the type of shots that you can live with as a coach and also the type of player because you know that she's not going to go outside of what she's comfortable doing, trying to prove a point. And when you look at the teams that are left, 
that's what you see. I mean, you have you have some guys that are ball dominant, um, and you need that because they're controlling the game and they're making good decisions. They're not just going for what they know, but they're making good decisions. And and when you have other people who don't care about who's shooting the ball, but they care about the other things, whether it's driving on the floor for loose balls, offense rebounds, playing defense, everyone has to buy into that. And so when you have that, and that's what you have here, these last four teams standing, not saying the other teams didn't do this, but the last four, that's what they do. I mean, all four of them, in some form or fashion, they have different styles. But when it's all said and done, they have guys who are willing to do things that everyone wants to do uh, or want, don't want to do in some form or fashion. So the chemistry is good in, in all these teams. And it's the same thing with the women's, women's team as well. Yeah. Uh, and before we move on to the women's team, I just want to make a note. Uh, Tim's is his, na- his last name, I think, for Gonzaga Tim's mm-hmm. uh, with the handlebar mustache. Yeah, that dude balls, man. Yeah, <laughs> he is for sure the new Christian Leitner. <laughs> he is for sure. Now you can take that however you want. If you love Christian Leitner, he's he's your guy. But but I like him because he's he. It, listen, they, the old saying is it ain't bragging if you can back it up. And he backs it up, man. And I'm talking about the kisses to the stand on the dogs. And uh, I mean, I'm like, boy, you are the new Christian Leighton. You are a villain. He kind of he kind of reminds me of Kirk Rambis too. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but he can, but he can ball though. And yeah, he's, he's skilled. Oh, but, he'll, but the way he'll just go crashing in there, he might kill two or three people going in there for a rebound. <laughs> said before on this show he's not the most athletic dude but man he does things the right way and his footwork is flawless like he he understands what he needs to do how to get to his spot how to make good passes how to make great passes he does everything the right way and so uh but but every time he scores or dunks or something that little that little (laughs) kid i'm like man if you try to take that to the next level you're going to be in so many fights. It's not even going to be better. You'll go better. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, that's the men's side. The women's side uh, was a little, um, dare I say, controversial. <laughs> uh, we talked about, first of all, Charlie, as a coach, because I don't think I got, I, I don't think we asked you this the last time we were on the air. And maybe because it hadn't, we hadn't seen the video. At least I hadn't seen it. It happened after we went off. It happened after we got there. Um, how do you feel about uh, Kim, Coach Mulkey's comments after the game with uh, the Baylor UConn game? Obviously, the young lady was fouled. It was a missed call. Uh, I, in some aspects, I guess you can say that cost him the game. I don't know. We don't know if that's true because we don't know if she would have made the free throws or not. She may have missed them both or whatever. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, the comments after the game were, you know, y'all saw it. You, uh, it was I, I have it on steel shots. It was a foul. And she was right. But is, is, that, do you, is that the right way to handle it, or how would you have handled it? Um. I'm, I'm sure I would have made some reference to it um, just because, I mean, that's just the nature of the game, nature of yeah. the business. 
we, we, we assess the game um, in parts. And when the part is at the end of the game and and you're on the short end of the stick, I mean, you're going to bring it up. And people are going to bring it up in the media as well. And, you know, Coach R.E.M. had to make comments about it as well because they brought it up to him. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm sure if the shoe was on the other foot I'm, and you're going home, one game from the Final Four, and it's based on, you know, not getting an opportunity to, to shoot free throws when there was clear foul. But it's tough. I mean, you're gonna make you're gonna make comments. You just hope that the comments don't cost you twenty five thousand dollars, like right, 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 or the NFL. Uh, but I, I I go back to what I what I shared. I think on Monday night was uh, it was definitely a foul. But being talking through talking to some of the referees that I talked to in our association here, I've learned a lot about officiating. And I think we walked, talked about it uh, on, on the air the other night. Yeah. There was no official in the right position to make that call. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so they would have been guessing, which they do sometimes uh, on some calls. Um, but they don't want to guess, I guess, at the end of a game um, like that. And, but no one's in the right – none of them were, were in the right position to make that call. Um, the young lady who was behind, the official who was behind the play was basically behind. She was behind both of you know, the play. So she was blocked, boxed out. She wasn't at an angle to where she could see uh, the young lady, um, you know, moving forward and hands going forward as opposed to straight up. So she was in the right position. And then baseline – of course, wasn't in the right position to see it as well. So I just think it was just a missed call, and they were all in the wrong position to make the call. Yeah. It's hard because, you know, in the media, you know, we have to ask the question. But, right. like, if you're, but like, if you're Gino, it's like, how else are you going to answer the question? We want to move on, you know. I mean, if you're Gino, why are you going to, you know, what else are you going to say? And if you Kim Mulkey, a, and like, even though a lot of things she says I don't agree with a lot of times, I mean, in, right. in that situation, I was like, yeah, it's like, what do you expect me to say? And I'm like, if I say the wrong thing, like Charlie said, I'm going to get hit for 25 grand or however much they hit them. Because they, they get fined in college, too. I don't think it's that much, but they do get fined. Yeah. So why would you risk getting fined? It's, you know, it's not going to change anything. And so it's always that weird that weird situation as far as covering the game and, and on the media side. It's like you have to ask, but – what do you expect them to say? <laughs> you know, Ariama's daughter get fined for tweeting out that was a foul against a dad. Are you allowed? Are you are you are you finding hope for that? Like, are you saying, look, what are you doing? I, I'm, you're allowing rides on this. What are you doing? <laughs> so, so who 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 who's daughter? Oh, Gino's daughter. Gino's daughter. In real time. Oh, that was a foul. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, it is what it is, but it's the truth. I mean, yeah. it, it's not, yeah. that's the thing. That's the thing that you know, a lot of people that bothers me. I yes, I'm a homer, but if it's something, 
I mean, let's call it what it is. Yeah. And you know, people have to make people make make mistakes, and but let's call it for what it is. I mean, yeah. it was a foul. So what she said is not like it's not accurate. Right. <laughs> even though, <laughs> even though it's against probably her dad's team, but I'm just saying it, it's the truth. Yeah. And if she's anything like her dad, she's hilarious because Gino is as a funny human being. You get funny. him off camera. I've, yeah, I've, I've I've had the chance to interact with him away from from games before. He was in town for uh, one of the PGA events that was here, and like he was standing there, and like all these people there, nobody really knew who he was. And so I went up to him. He's like, I didn't think anybody was gonna recognize him. He gave me a full interview, talked to me for a while, and really? he was hilarious. Yeah, he's a funny guy. <laughs> Kentuckians are so consumed with their own lives and their own state and basketball in their own state that they don't recognize people who are the most famous coaches of all time. Shocking. <laughs> that is. He's just standing there. Literally, he's just standing there. That may be one of the weirdest stories we've ever told on this. Oh, no. Um, There's weird ones. Last night. Well, that's true. Last night, uh, South Carolina pulled their own Gonzaga. And, I mean, Texas never even got out the gate. That game was – I think I stopped watching it about ten minutes in. Like, oh, this, this clear. I didn't even get that far. <laughs> um, just a dominating game by them over over uh, Texas, sixty-two to thirty-four. And then, of course, the good game for at least two and a half quarters, as far as me, the homer here, uh, with Stanford and Louisville. Uh, Louisville looked like they may were they for a while. They looked like they were going to pull this thing out, and then Stanford just. And that the second half of the third quarter on through, they just caught fire, man. And, and they rem- they reminded themselves why they were the number one overall seed in the women's tournament uh, and just dominated, man, that last half of the game. Yeah, their bigs, their bigs got going. Their bigs were starting to make outside shots. Yeah. And, and that, that was, you know, that's what we've been saying was uh, Louisville's problem all season was defending the bigs. And so that's what happened. I and, mean, you know, they did this – Good size gave them problems, but it was good to see. Even though they lost, it was good to see Dana Evans have a good game. Even oh, though they lost, it was good to see her, see her go out her last two games not playing the way she had played most of the postseason. You, you know what was interesting to me uh, in that game? That Louisville made a very concerted effort to, as a team, to crash the boards and rebound and really be aggressive in that nature, knowing that they want to decide. And that's a good strategy, but it's also a taxing one because if you're having to do that and bang and get it and everybody's crashing all the time, you, you, it don't, and it's working because it was working. You know, they were up by 12 at one point, uh, 14 at one point, if it's working, you got to keep it going because the moment you stop doing it, because you're exposed because they're bigs that you, it's ironic that they, or the irony is not lost on me that they lost every single game the exact same way. Right. Yeah. The big part of it, I was just looking up her, uh, her stat line was uh, Ashton, was it Prechtel? Prechtel? Number 11. She, Number 11, yeah. She came off the bench 
I mean, when you come off the bench, play 16 minutes and go six for six and three for three from three. <laughs> yeah. They, yeah. You bring it in off the bench mainly because uh, the main girl got hurt. I mean, yeah. Cameron Brink. Brink. And she came in and she, she, you talk about being ready. She, she was, was ready when, when her number was called. She was ready. She was ready. That's yeah. something. Uh, I mean, that's something I'm always preaching to our guys is you never know who who's going to be the catalyst, you know, for a win. And, you know, I've seen it happen time and time again with guys who aren't or players who aren't playing a lot and they get their moment and they go in and have a good game. And the thing that I admire most about uh, on number 11's uh, play was she didn't play outside of her, 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 her game. Like she wasn't trying to do anything that she wasn't good at. And so she made buckets around the rim after penetration. And she played within offense, stepped outside, and she knocked down those shots. And she didn't try to put it on the floor, to drive the ball, to the hoop, none of that kind of stuff. She just knew her game, set screens, pick and pop, roll to the basket. And that's the kind of thing that I admire about those who coming in and playing those types of roles. Uh, she probably wouldn't have been playing very much if uh, the Brink uh, girl hadn't gotten hurt in some form of fashion. Well, and to that point, Charlie, I think it was a it was a subtle and and, and unexpected blessing in disguise because I think Louisville had scouted. Uh, the the starting five very well. I think the game plan that Je- uh, 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 Jeff had for them was solid. Uh, they seemed to have kind of slowed her down a little bit. Like she wasn't as dominant as she's been. But with Prechtel, man, they didn't have an answer. I mean, they did not have an answer at all, and and rightfully so because how do you answer the six five girl that can score inside on like like you said on all three levels. She she just was really 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 good, and uh, and she settled them all down, like that. I, um, I don't know if she came in at the seven minute mark, or when she came in in the third quarter. But whenever she came in, it just seemed to calm everything down. And even their their superstar will uh the not Wilson but uh the other girl the, Williams Williams. She seemed to finally calm down and start playing within herself as well. And then everybody's just like, oh, that's right. We're Stanford. Yeah, we can. Yeah, this is what we do. So, you know, they were easy to calm down when you got somebody going and hitting every shot, literally. It, 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 helps <laughs> it helps quite a bit. It helps quite a bit. I also, give Coach Tara um, some credit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, she stayed with her. Mm-hmm. I don't think she came out when she came no, in. No, she she stayed with her. Yeah. Uh, when and that's the thing sometimes about coaching. Um, and, and if you have this type of team, and I think at this point of the the year, I mean, people don't care. I mean, they shouldn't care um, whether they're playing or not. But if someone's having success and they're in the, at your position, you should be okay with sitting down. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that's the type of mindset you have to have as a team, as a group. And when the coach makes decisions 
um, you, you have to be willing to live with those decisions. And I just think not bringing Brink back just because she was a starter, you know, and, and someone was playing really, really well um, in that position, at that position, this goes to show you how much trust they have in the coach yeah. um, and, and her wisdom over the years to be able to trust that she's making the right decision and it worked, you know, and then again, she, number 11 may not even play in the final four. Uh, right. Mean, you know, she may not even play. Yeah. Uh, but just for that night, she was able to get them to that point. I mean, she'll get an opportunity to play, uh, but she may not be on the floor as long as if she's not doing what she did last night. That's for sure. That U19 team, that USA U19 team, they showed that picture. Jeff Walls. Yeah. Yeah. He coached because Brink was on that team. Haley Van Lift, uh, old girl at UConn. I mean, (laughs) no wonder they didn't lose. (laughs) It started to become evident why that team was so good. And by the way, I just looked it up because I wanted to, I just, out of pure curiosity, Precto didn't come into the game until three minutes and 45 seconds left in the third quarter. That's crazy, but but uh, which quarter? The third quarter. You mean they played quarter? I knew you were doing that. I, <laughs> yeah, I knew it was doing that. Long... <laughs> I thought that was a high school game. Uh, they played quarters. <laughs> you rascal, you! Uh, <laughs> is it is it uh, ten quarters? Uh, it, it's ten minute quarters, Charles. <laughs> oh man, ten minute quarters, and they played four of them, which equals forty minutes. <laughs> if my math is correct, oh, and the God. game only takes about an hour and a half. Yeah, that takes off. That's for sure, <laughs> it, it goes by quite fast. I have to admit, NCAA um, committee. All this, that's not NCAA committee rules committee. Could we please get men's plan? Quarters. Let's just start there. I'll talk about the fouls, adding the fouls later. Basketball after um, timeouts late in the game, so we can have more drama. Yeah, pace pace yourself, Charlie. You don't want to go too. I think you'll get. I I think you'll get the uh, advance in the mid court before you'll get the quarters. Why? (laughs) Advertising. <laughs> you know, it's funny they make these TV timeouts, Charlie. Come on now. Advertise better. The NBA does it. The NBA is a smarter product than college basketball. We all know that. The 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 NBA is actually being led by people, whereas being guided by a hamster on a wheel right now. So. So the stage is set, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the men, Gonzaga, Baylor, Houston, and UCLA, just as everyone in America predicted. Uh, <laughs> and, of course, uh, on the women's side, um, uh, we have uh, – I was going to say Gonzaga. What am I saying? We have UConn, South Carolina, Arizona, which is is crashing the party, clearly, and Stanford. And shout-out to Arizona – uh, and South Carolina, who and and the women's side, who will boast for the very first time two African American women as head coaches. That is very very cool. Um, Don so, uh, huh? Don Staley, Don Staley made it clear 
<laughs> during our press conference that I that know. was the case and that we need to get more African-American black coaches in the women's, uh, women coaches. Well, I mean, it appears, it feels like it should be more balanced, but I'm just one man. I don't know. Not, we're, we're doing a lot of uh, uh, hint, hinting and subtle hinting this morning. I, I'm Maybe the morning air is, is clearing our uh, thoughts a little bit, so uh, things are being able to drop. We're dropping in these little you know nuggets here for the NCAA. I hope they hear us. Uh, guys, let's do this real quick. Uh, play a quick game. I love games. Y'all know that about me. So we'll play They'll, They Will Win If. Games and Pixie Sticks. I love games and Pixie Sticks. Those are my things. Um, so let's start with the women's Final Four. Arizona will win if. Oof. They're going to – now who's Arizona playing? They're playing um, South Carolina? No. They're playing UConn, right? They're playing UConn. They're right? they're playing UConn. Yeah. Well, UConn. I mean, they got to. If they, I mean, they got to play defense, of course. I mean, right, right, right. Sure, that uh, UConn doesn't get easy baskets. Make it tough on um, what's the point guard? Beckers. Page Beckers. Yeah. What's the name? Page Uh, Beckers. Beckers. Yes, Page. They got to make it tough on her. Um, I know that's one of the things Bella did early. Uh, but she's still very good. Uh, but Arizona's going to have to have multiple young ladies step up offensively to help carry, carry some of the load. The other night, uh, the little point guard number two, the lefty, uh, she carried them. Um, I mean, they did a good job of getting her open, and she did her part. Yeah. They're going to need someone else to step up even more to be able to help carry some of that load because um, UConn's not going to allow her to just maybe, – maybe they can't stop her. I don't know. Maybe they're going to let her do it and stop everybody else. Maybe that's their goal. But Arizona has to get more people offensively involved in, in the scoring piece, and then they got to make sure they take care of uh, Paige. Um, they, they should make a conscious effort to make it tough on her. They can't get, uh, they can't come into the game in awe of UConn, and you can, and that certainly happens when you're playing UConn, especially when you're playing UConn for the first time, and it's in the Final Four. You can, you can't be in awe of the situation. You got to go in there and just play ball and not worry about the name on the front of the jersey. But that's easier said than done, especially when right. you got young players. Yeah, Becker, Becker's is going to be Becker's. But you can't let Beckers and Williams and Westbrook all go off. Right. You got to contain somebody. And so, uh, and it, Gino has clearly shortened that bench all the way down. There's only, that in the <laughs> Baylor game, there was only six people that played. So you got you got to take that advantage and say, okay, if he's shortening the bench, then we maybe have to, Try to maybe push it a little bit, make them work a little deeper in, uh, into the clock on on offense, you know, and try to tire them out a little bit. Just maybe you got to work them and 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 hope that that balance of great defense and like you said, some people unexpectedly stepping up. Uh, that combination produces a win, and 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 if you can keep it close, anything can happen. 
We can keep it close. Anything can happen. UConn wins if what? Wins that game or wins the whole thing? The whole thing. We're talking about the whole thing. Now, I know they got to yeah. get past their first game. I, I, and think, I think they handled Arizona properly because if they don't beat you. Uh, yeah, I don't have to see them having problems with Arizona. Right now. They don't need to focus on anything. Yeah. <laughs> I think UConn wins it if 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 they just play UConn ball. The, the Stanford kind of scares me with them. I, I, but I think UConn just wins if they just play play how they play. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, UConn has to play, and I think at this point, I mean, whoever plays their best, their best game, you know, what they do best is going to win. Um, and in close games, you need players to step up and make plays uh, in these close games, defensively, whether it's defense or offense. Uh, but you need your best players to play well at the right time. Mm-hmm. Uh, making the right decisions. Sometimes it's making shots and sometimes it's making the best pass or setting a screen for somebody to get open um, and executing at a high level. Uh, when you start getting to these games where everything's competitive and everyone's on the same playing field when it comes to talent-wise, it just comes down to shot making, dip, making shots, diff, difficult shots, open shots, Um and you know who's who's going to be the aggressor? I mean, yeah. you know, creating turnovers, uh, hitting the glass, glass, getting open shots in transition. Because when you have good defensive teams, you have to make uh, you know get in transition to get some easy baskets every now and then, especially when it's a grind. And so, uh, I mean, all these teams have a chance. Um, I think everyone's counting Arizona out because it's their first time, the coach's first time, because they're playing UConn. But at this point, I mean, it may be uh, a blow. I don't know. But those other three teams, UConn, um, South Carolina, and um, Stanford. Stanford. I mean, it's, it's a toss-up. You know, when, when it really is. It really is. To the, to your point, Charlie, uh, and I agree. UConn just if they're just UConn, well, I, we say that, but I, I I don't know if that's UConn being UConn is enough against South Carolina and Stanford. South Carolina and Stanford are really good, uh, and 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 I would argue that Stanford at its best. So they they said a stat last night that shocked me a little bit. They said through the tournament, not including last night. Stanford had averaged 14 threes per game. Well, my God, how do you beat a team that's shooting 14 threes per game? Especially when they're that big. And they're that big, right. Honestly, Stanford's been the most impressive team I've seen on the women's side of the tournament, to be honest with you. Because if Stanford is playing their best and UConn is playing their best and South Carolina's playing their best, I mean – I lead Stanford in that situation. Yeah. The only one that I would say that if they're playing their best, they also need some breaks is Arizona. Right. And that's only because of the experience. I don't know enough about Arizona to say that they have – because the game I saw against Indiana, they were good, and you saw why they were there. But compare that to UConn, South Carolina, and Stanford, I don't know if that's really a comparison. Like, that's not probably fair. 
especially where South Carolina looked against Texas. If South Carolina's defense shows up like it did against Texas, I don't know if anybody's beating them. Well, like I'm, they were just dogged. I mean, we sit here talking about UConn and Stanford, uh, the team that not scares me, but the team that I see being a problem is South Carolina. Yeah, they, so their guards play the way they played last night. Shot the ball. I mean, they're yeah. very, very good. I mean, but then you have on top of that, you got their their big girls, Boston, uh, who are agile. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can get out of passing lanes. I mean, it, it, they were impressive last night. Is uh, she the most skilled big left Boston? Boston? Yeah. I mean, she's on. She's yeah. one of. A couple. I mean, yeah. they got they got yeah. a couple. Of them. They got a they couple of them just like her. Um, yeah. When it comes to the way they they move on the court, um, their agility, their their hand eye coordination, they're coordinated. Uh, they understand and know their game. I mean, I was watching. They get out in passing lanes. I mean, that's just not normal for six three, six four, uh, young lady, and. They they the team that overall seems to have everything that you kind of need. Yeah. Um, you know, and they they'll be a tough out just like all those other teams that we talked about. Going to be a tough out, but it's going to come down to who can make the most plays. Of course, that's in a game, but who who can make the most plays? And I think that's why these games are going to be really really competitive. Yeah. I like Wilson for Stanford on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. She can, she's ready to lock down. She can lock down. Good. She can, she's play very, team, she can play on my team any day. Yeah, she's very, very good. Very, very good. And, and I'll say this as well. Y'all realize the women's uh, Final Four, the last probably, I mean, I'd even go back to say eight years, has been way better, in my opinion, than the men's. Like, it's not even close. It's the, the Elite Eight games were better than the men this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I fully expect no different this year. I think the women's Final Four is a must-see TV if you love I mean, that. Because outside, outside of that South Carolina-Texas game, I mean, all those games I mean, came down to it. I mean, they were great. Stanford, Stanford kind of got away from Louisville in the fourth quarter. But, I mean, yeah. it was – it was still a game midway through the fourth quarter. It's well, just- and even in the fourth quarter, you know, Dana still was trying to keep him alive. And she I mean, she it. was hitting some crazy shots yeah, down the street. I mean, <laughs> yeah, she wouldn't go away. She played like the All-American that she is. Okay, on the men's side, UCLA wins if what? Well, they're going to play good defense uh, to, to keep them in games like they did last night. Uh, we had a very good game plan. Uh, and they executed it. And I just think they're going to do what they do. Uh, if they compete on the defensive end, but I think they're going to have to work to try to get some transition baskets since they work so hard defensively. They're going to have to work to get some transition baskets. And then their stars, of course, have to be stars. But then you're going to need one of those other guys uh, – I think it's Javier, number four. Uh, you're going to need number two, the big man, to step up his game. Yeah. Um, and like they've done, you know, we talked about everyone. At this point, everyone's shortening the bench because you want your best players on the floor, you know, as many minutes as possible because you trust that they're going to 
play a certain way. And then those role guys come in and and play a few minutes here and there. You hope that they can give you uh, some good quality minutes while they're in there uh, to either give someone rest because of foul trouble um, or, you know, they just get rest or they're in foul trouble. And so I just think it's uh, something that they're going to have to do. They're going to have to shoot the ball well from the outside, mm-hmm. but also, you know, slow the game down by throwing the ball inside and making things. The one thing I admire about UCLA is they play the same way. I mean, most of these teams now are playing the same way every game. Um, you know, they're not doing anything different uh, to try to cover up something or whatever the case may be. I mean, they're just playing the game and they're getting great results from it. I just, the only thing I'd ask is if somebody, somebody is going to have to help Drew Zang on in scoring. Drew Zang yeah. can't be, be the whole offense like he pretty much was last night. It's, they, they need someone else to step up and uh, make some baskets for them. Well, it, it's and, and in my opinion, it's got to be Riley or 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 uh, Jaquez. I mean, one of those two have to do more. I know Riley had his hands full last night because he was trying to hold back these monsters inside. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. so, so I get it, but in going forward. I think Riley's got to give him something more, you know, a little bit of something, take some of that pressure off of Juzane, uh and and help him in that regard. So, uh, what about Houston? You love Houston, Charlie? Yeah, I mean Houston gonna be in every game, just because they play hard, um, they shoot, they chase it, and they play defense. And so, I like my man Al Jarreau. Um, I don't think that's his first name, but uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I like I like my man Jerome. Um I mean he can play for me as well. I just like the way he, he controls the game. He's a true point guard, meaning you know he's very savvy, he understands the game. Um defensively, he's long. And they don't they don't take defense lightly. Like they're not closing out the guys without in, intensity. And so, uh, and then they have complementary players. Um, I don't know how many points they're going to score, score uh, but I do know once the ball goes up, they got dudes crashing the glass, mm-hmm. and that's where they're going to get the hands on the ball. That's where they're going to score. They do have guys who can post up and make baskets as well. But I just like them just because they play hard all the time. They defend and they play smart on offense. No, no one under the age of forty got that Al Jarreau joke. <laughs> I mean, listen, we we definitely we definitely skewed uh, older on this one, and that, that happens. That happens. But, but uh, I, and I like Charlie's uh, Florida coming out when he says "sco." <laughs> but no, but uh, but for real, uh, Houston is is scary good because they are so good defensively and how hard they play on every single possession. You're gonna have to match their energy. Ba- I mean, Baylor's gonna be in for a long game. <laughs> I mean, and and I like Baylor a lot, but I mean that's I mean that's that game is going to be a very high energy game because you got to play every possession. 
chasing out every single loose ball to win that game, to, especially to beat Houston. You're not, you're not going to come in there and finesse and beat Houston. And I'll even take it a step further. If you don't think that the fact that these are two Texas schools is not going to play a massive <laughs> factor in this game, you don't understand Texas at all. This is this is an old rivalry from back in the day, Southwest Conference days, that has never gone away. And the debate of Baylor and Houston and who's better and what's the better school. Uh, Baylor has been, listen, shout out to Baylor for even being here. They have been the butt and the bane of the Texas college existence for the last five years because of all the things that have happened. And now for them to be in this position uh, at this point, uh, you know, and so fast, really, if you think about it, it's relatively quick to turn this school the program around that fast. That's a massive deal. So this state is going to be on fire Saturday. That game is going to be ridiculous. And by the way, it's in Texas. So uh, it's 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 going to be huge. But I agree with you. I thought it was in Indianapolis. Well, we don't do morning shows. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. It, it, in our minds, it's in Texas. Okay. Um it's in Texas. It's in Texas baseball. You're in Texas. I'm in Texas, right? Yeah, I, you're I, there. I'm back now, guys. I'm back. <laughs> um, I think I think Houston Sunday scares in your system. Well, Sunday scares are wonderful. They are a wonderful company, and we appreciate them very much for all. Of them. <laughs> for all of them. Um. I think Houston is has a real problem in this game in that you you said the key thing. Um, I'm sorry, Baylor has a real problem in this game because you said the key thing. Houston is not going to stop. They are going to continue to put pressure on Baylor in every way, every shot they take, every loose ball, every rebound. They've proven that throughout this entire tournament that that is their calling card. And they're going to give Baylor those fits. And if and and can Baylor's guards continue to perform at the high level that they have? And they're going to have to help out in some of those other areas. So can they do both? That's that's going to be to me the X factor for Baylor winning this thing. Uh, now here's the interesting part: if Baylor can get past Houston, I think they give Gonzaga all the fits they can stand. I think both of them give Gonzaga all the fits they can yeah. stand. I mean, yeah. The um, thing about Houston is if they can get Sasson Grimes making shots uh, from the outside, mm -hmm. uh, that opens up a lot because uh, they they're such a great offensive rebounding team. Uh, the best time to shoot threes, open threes, is off of uh, offensive rebounds um, because the defense is scrambling. And um, if you can get those open threes, which they've gotten, um, you know, they've gotten some open looks anyway yeah. uh, with their sets. But the best time to shoot threes is off of uh, the offensive rebounds. And they 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 all crash the glass. So if if Sasser and Grimes are, are shooting the ball well, which they have been uh, this tournament, uh, it could be a tough night for Baylor. The, yeah. the different style – um, Bella was able to take advantage of um, who did they play? 
last Baylor? Oh, um, who was it? Arkansas? No, it wasn't Arkansas. Who was it? It was, it was um, well, we really are sleepy today. Uh, no, it was, yeah, Baylor. Yeah, it was Arkansas. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the last game, uh, all they did was because Arkansas was switching, all they did was got to a matchup they didn't want to attack. Yeah. Uh, and they attacked it. So the guy who had the basketball didn't necessarily shoot the basketball every single time, but he made plays for others. Right. Um, Houston doesn't play, they don't play that way. Um, so they're going to work to keep their guards on their guards, uh, the guys who's controlling the basketball. And so they're going to have to work to do some other things from a offensive standpoint to be able to create those opportunities uh, for one-on-one or for driving kick opportunities that they may have. I'm talking about Beller. So, yeah. uh, but Houston, they don't switch a lot with their bigs to put those guys in those type of matchups. Um, that's just not their style. So it'd be interesting to see, you know, how they play it out uh, from an offensive standpoint and defensively from both 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 sides. What about Gonzaga? The mighty Zags. Uh, I I just think if they play continue to play the way they're playing. They, they're they're tough out, um, <laughs> and I'm just I'm happy. Um, I would love to see Gonzaga win for this factor. Mark Few has been at Gonzaga for a long time. I've just yeah. said I don't know how many years. He's he's probably had this is a prime example. He's probably had probably many opportunities to move somewhere else. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. For more money and all of that prestige at bigger universities. All the whole the whole nine, but he's chosen to stay at Gonzaga. Do they play football there? If they do, know. it's Division Two. Yeah, like we don't know the football team, right? Okay? <laughs> they are a basketball school. Yeah, and I'm just ha- I'm just happy for him to be where he is and hope that they can win it because they've been there a few times now. And it's for the it's for the small market teams, school, yeah, and to be able to compete, um, and for him not to lead to go to what what people would call greener pastures, um, that is that in within itself just shows me that he has a commitment to an, a, a school, and he enjoys what he's doing. Um, and he's not looking for, you know, the next big thing. And that's just been my thing the whole time, as you all know. Don't take jobs because it's what you think is, is, is a bigger school and all of that when they're, what do they call them? Um, traps. They're traps, mm-hmm. you know, behind those doors that you don't know about. Total enrollment of an, of Gonzaga seven thousand two hundred and ninety five students. To compare to, to show you comparison, uh, one of our high schools here, Allen High School, has seven thousand students. <laughs> <laughs> so that, tells you, that tells you Mark Hughes 
commitment level to what Gonzaga is doing there. But but I also I also say that's a curse for schools very similar to him because everyone thinks that they can mm -hmm. they can Follow do it. Fast. Yeah. Uh, because he's at a small school, how can he do it? And a school like Wake Forest can't do it. Nice point. It's a great point. Great, great, great point. Uh, by the time we get back together on Monday, there will be a women's women's champ. Who will it be? I say sorry. I'm choosing South Carolina. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, I just right. like the way I just like the way they're playing right now, and overall, I think their their talent, uh, their execution as far as their their guards. As we know, you need a balanced attack, uh, but you also need great guard play. And I think all the teams going in have that, but you also need the balance on the back end as well to be able to offset some of the things that other teams are doing. And I just think overall they're well balanced. I, I think I've been going back and forth with this, really this whole, this whole hour. I think I'm going to go with UConn. I like their three-headed monster on offense uh, led by Beckers. And I, I, I just like I, – because, I, I mean, you can't stop all three up. And so, I'm, so I, I'm going to go with UConn, even though I like, I, like, I like South Carolina and I like Stanford a lot too. I think I'm going to go with UConn. Um, I'm going to be rooting for Arizona because I like the underdogs. I love a good underdog story. However – uh, Who are you gonna go on bet online with? Oh, well, with betonline.ag, <laughs> sports book experts. Uh, I'm going to listen. I'm gonna pull a pull a Charlie Ward here and go with Stanford because it looks better for Louisville if they get beat by. The <laughs> one of us is going to be right, or all of us is going to be wrong. Come. Uh, the time we hit the air on Monday. So it should be a lot of fun to talk about what happens on Monday. Uh, on that same Monday, there will be a final game. Who will be playing in that game, gentlemen? I think everyone wants to see Bell and Gonzaga. Just because That's what everybody wants to see. Is that who yeah. you think is going to be doing it, playing, though? Let me finish, man. <laughs> I'm just saying, everyone wants to see Bella Zaga. All right, but I'm 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 not counting out Houston. I, I I like I like the Cougs. I like Coach Sampson. I mean, he is a veteran coach. He knows how to coach. Um, they're going to play the same way against regardless of who they play. So I like uh, Houston. And um, who's so we got Beller playing against Houston, Beller, Houston, and um, Gonzaga, UCLA, Gonzaga, UCLA. Is there any way Gonzaga doesn't make it to that final game? Uh, I like Gonzaga and I like Houston, okay? Houston and Gonzaga, that's an interesting pick. Uh, Kendrick. Uh. Because I think pretty much what we're picking is the Baylor Houston game. Pretty I think, much. All, I think, I think there's a consistent thing is Zach is going to beat UCLA. It's going to take an absolute miracle for UCLA to pull that game off. And they may get it. I believe in miracles. Yeah. 
Uh, I, I lean towards Baylor just because I like their skilled players a little better than Houston skilled players. And, and it's, and it's, and it's not by much. Right. And not, I like, and I like the way Houston plays. I'm just going to take Baylor just cause I, I, I just, I, I like their skill players just a little bit more than Houston. Okay. Jay Biller says something to us all the time, every year, year in out. I hear him say it, and I agree. We we talk about upsets. We enjoy the upsets of the tournament. It is a fun thing to watch. But when it all comes down to the end, it's usually a chalky situation. This will be no different. It will be Baylor and Gonzaga. And we'll talk about who we think will win on Monday. So I'm going Baylor and Gonzaga as well. Um, just real quick, we got a couple of things because we're running out of time. Uh, I just saw Jamar Chase run a 4-3-8 in his uh, pro day at LSU. Tutu ran a 4-3-2 yesterday. Tutu who? Atwell? Tutu Atwell. Ran a what? 4-3-2. Jesus. <laughs> Ran a four three two yesterday. You think that'll get him in? You think that'll get him into the to the that won't get him in the first round though, will it? No, he's too small to be in the first round. Yeah, I was gonna say maybe it might get him in the second though. It Talk might. I mean, four three two guys. Yeah, four three maybe. two punt returner, kick returner. You know, he didn't return. They didn't have put him back every turn very I, much. Wait, what but think? they will in the league. I was gonna say you you don't think you're gonna put a four three guy in the back of the of of, of the punt return? De- that then Des Fitzpatrick had a good forty two. I can't remember what it was, but it was it was a good forty for his size. Um the other the other shocker yesterday was Justin Fields four four. Yeah. Charlie, what was, I've I've never asked you this. What do you remember your forty? Man, I only ran a forty one time, make it four seven. You only ran a four seven? I don't uh, believe that. I had pull. I had string quads. Oh, okay. When I ran them, gotcha. And I didn't run it again because during during conditioning, like that preseason conditioning. Yeah. Uh, you had we had forties. We had ten forties, and you had to finish all your forties in five tenths of a second. Uh, faster than your spring 40 time. So I ran it one time, ran a 477. And so that meant that all my 40s had to be within 502. (laughs) (laughs) I see what you did there. You are are definitely sneaky, Mr. Ward. <laughs> Every decision that we make, there's a plan. <laughs> Work smarter, not harder. I like it. Um, it was an interesting debate. I'm sure we'll be having many, many more of these as uh, uh, college basketball wraps up here. Uh, but they've definitely been debating who the best quarterback in the draft is. And most Is a draft coming up? I can't tell by watching ESPN. No, I, well, <laughs> I don't, I, it, there's, there's an underwhelming response to it right now. Um, but yes, there's quietly there's a draft coming up um, in the NFL. 
But ESPN talked about it all day, every day. Oh <laughs> Talk about creating a narrative. I mean, they have really hammered that thing away right in the middle of, of a pretty amazing tournament that is somehow. <laughs> Uh, it's like the lead story. It's weird, but anyway, I wonder uh, if it's because the tournament's on CBS and the draft is on ABC. Well, listen, let's not get, <laughs> let's not get into the TV weeds on this one. Uh, I think I think we're 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 breaking the fourth wall at this point. <laughs> for for our audience, they they don't understand all these things. But he's, but he's absolutely correct. That is exactly right. This is drop. Uh, drop this is drop hints day. <laughs> welcome, welcome, enjoy. This is how we. This is how we're going to leave March and go into April. Um, yeah, I. It's been interesting. We'll have a lot to talk about with this draft. But that four four uh, yesterday from Justin Fields was uh, probably pretty significant in the bigger picture. Uh, so what does that mean, though? As a, from from a quarterback position, what does that mean? I think for him, it means that he is because the because the 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 mobile quarterback has become far more popular now. I.e., Russell Wilson. I.e., Lamar Jackson. I.e., you know, I I think he suddenly is looked at differently, which I don't understand how he couldn't be looked at differently anyway, because. The dude only lost two college games. I mean, <laughs> what do we say? And, and by the way, both of those were in the title championship. So the toughness he played, the toughness he showed in that Clemson game. I mean, like, what else does this guy have to do? Like, my God, the man is he's his only losses are coming in championship scenarios. So I think he's more than proven that he can play the game. So I don't know. It's weird, but I think that four four means something in the sense that he 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 fits into that mode of the elusive quarterback, which a lot of teams are still looking for. Because I, you know, people don't the the narrative about the the pocket quarterback is shifting pretty dramatically now. Because when you got linemen that are running four fives and four sixes and four sevens as well, man, you, this dude either better be able to get the ball out of his hands fast. When he's throwing and hitting those, you know, passes, or he better be able to get out of the pocket and go make a play. And so, Justin has proven he can do both. So, but I hear what you're saying, Charlie. It's it, one doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the other. You know, Mac Jones ran and he's slow as all get out. Whether he ran a four seven seven, or a four four, or five oh two. If the man can read defenses, you know, manipulate the pocket, escape to be able to throw the ball or run five yards to keep keep in front of the chains, make good decisions. I mean, that's all you that's all you need. I mean, we, we, we pay attention to these numbers and all that kind of jazz about speed and man, can a man read defenses? Can he read <laughs> Can he manipulate a pocket? Can he lead? I mean, all this stuff is on film. I think we overanalyze sometimes. I mean, you got to look at talent, but sometimes we overanalyze and give people, you know, credit because of stature, things that, you know, may not equate to being successful as far as quarterback or any position, you know. I mean, 
you got long arms and all of that and think you're a very good defense, defensive end, and the guy can't don't know how to rush the passer and hold a gap. Long arms don't 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 mean anything. <laughs> right, 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 right. All right, my bad. I went on the soap. Got on. Got on the soap. No, no, no. That's that's a, listen. We're gonna be on that soap. Listen, just as much as uh, our ESPN brethren are have uh, demonstrated to us, we're probably gonna be on that soapbox for most of April. So it's, <laughs> it's okay, Charlie. It's okay. It's okay. Um, with that being said. This has been fun, as always. Uh, we're sponsored by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline meets all your sports book ec- uh, needs, so check them out, BetOnline.ag. Also, eBay.com. Also, now, Sunday Scaries. And uh, they're not as scary as you think. So <laughs> Very mellow. They're very mellow. Sunday Scaries. Sunday Scaries. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness! This you uh, we always end on these. We do, and and, <laughs> and just, just so you guys know, the men's tournament is in Indianapolis. It's not <laughs> Texas or Annapolis or, or Annapolis. Me and Charles Barkley out here jacking up the tournament all together. So y'all have a great uh, weekend. It should be a fun weekend and happy Easter Sunday to all of you. Happy Resurrection Sunday. If you, if you subscribe to that part, uh, part as most of us, a lot of us do, uh, but just enjoy your weekend. And, uh, by the way, I cannot wait till Sunday. This is on a personal note because the verses is going to happen. It's earth, wind and fire versus, uh, the Isley brothers. And I'm here for all of that. So here for all of that. Yeah, <laughs> ready to go. My ribs, all that. I'm ready. I cannot wait. So you might have a new talking noise walking around the house. <laughs> this is going to be a really, really, really fun, fun, fun weekend to say the least. So, um, with that being said, y'all have a great one. We'll see you guys on uh, Monday for uh, Championship Monday. Yeah, Championship Monday. Uh, one shining moment. We'll have one champion, and we'll crown another on Monday. You have been listening to Believe in the ACC with Charlie Ward and Lloyd Spence. You can tune in every Tuesday and Thursday on the Believe Podcast Network, Spotify, iTunes, and everywhere podcasts can be heard. You can also watch Charlie and Lloyd on Facebook, on the Noisemakers page, and on YouTube on the Noise Media YouTube channel. Please like, subscribe, and follow on all our platforms. And we will keep taking you inside the ACC. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.